Hello everyone, my name is Amir Saad and you are listening to the first episode of the Viva Visa podcast by Atamila Group. Every two weeks, we launch a new episode to help those looking to obtain a green card. But due to their life circumstances, they need to follow specific rules and programs to receive their green card. In this episode, Kusha Adhami, the founder of the Adhami Law Group, and I will discuss the immigration visa types and the basics of the SIJS or CJS program. Thanks for listening and joining us. Let's begin. Hey, Kusha, welcome to the show. Hi, Amir. Thank you for having me at your studio. Of course. To begin, I want to invite you to tell us about your background and about your firm, Adhami Law Group. Well, Amir, again, thank you for having me. Um, my name is Kusha Adhami. I am the founder of Adhami Law Group. Um, we are located in Woodland Hills, California, and our firm primarily specializes in the fields of immigration and... Um, we have a lot to talk about and cover today. And today I'm going to be talking about different forms and areas of immigration. And I'm also going to cover uh, this particular area that we specialize known as the special immigrant juvenile status or special immigrant juvenile petition, or as we all call it in, in, in the legal field, SIGES, S-I-J-S. Perfect. Uh, we will get back to the sieges for sure, but I want you explain for us the different types of immigration visa. Okay, yeah, I, I think it would be helpful for me to provide a little background visas in general, and then I'll uh, provide an overview, and then we go in detail talking about what a special immigrant visa is. Okay, so uh, in general, there are two types of visas. We have the non-immigrant visas and the immigrant visas. Non-immigrant visas are um, generally for individuals who are coming to the U.S. to stay here uh, temporarily. This means that they do not have the intent to make the U.S. their home or their home country. Um, this type of example of non-immigrant visas uh, include, for example, tourist visas, which we're all familiar with, student visas. They could be athlete visas, but in general, the, this category covers individuals who come to stay in the U.S. for a short period of time. The second category are vi of, the, of the visas are immigrant visas, and they exactly sound what they are. So the definition of an immigrant visa is a visa where the individual intends to remain in the U.S. permanently, Okay. Um, I usually categorize them in four separate categories or subsections. Sounds so boring, <laughs> lawyers. <laughs> but I usually, I usually break them down in four different categories, okay? So there are the employment, family, humanitarian, and special immigrant visas. So starting with the easiest one and the most common one are family petitions or family visas. Under this category, 
It usually requires one family member who is a legal permanent resident, or we call them as LPRs, or a U.S. citizen, or as we all call it, USCs, who petition the other family member. Okay, so this process requires one person to petition another person. So you have a U.S. citizen spouse petitioning a, you know, um, her partner or spouse. You have siblings and parents petitioning one another. That's the first category. Second category are the employment visas. In this category, the petitioner is the employer. So the employer is looking is looking to hire someone who whom their skill is not necessarily found in the U.S. So the employer files a petition for the potential future employee to bring him into the U.S. to work for them. Um, these categories usually are, um, the example of these categories would be, for example, H-1Bs that are very common, EBs, and et cetera. Uh, and the petition is a little bit different because it also requires uh, the petition to go through the Department of Labor, but we're not going to get to the details of this one. It's, got, it's, a simple, it's a complete separate category to itself. Okay. Third category. Third category are humanitarian visas. Okay. Under this category, it does not require a petitioner. Under this category, the applicant or the beneficiary, which have the same meaning in this context, are self-petitioner. Usually, these categories include, for example, asylum. Asylum seekers, they come to the U.S. and they're seeking protection of the United States for different numerous grounds. Like, for example, they're seeking persecution on the basis of race, religion, political opinion, etc. Okay. Another category of the humanitarian visas would also include like where the petitioner or the applicant is a victim. This would include WAWA, U visas, and T visas. And usually under these categories, the uh, petitioner or the applicant is a victim. The last category that we specialize in is known as the special immigrant juvenile status. Falls under the uh, form I-360 or CIGES. Mm, perfect. Uh, you mentioned about CIGES, special immigrant juvenile visa. What is it about? Well, I mean, you're already a pro. You're using CIGES. <laughs> yes. Okay. So um, let's get a little geeky and let's see if my um, memory recollects uh, uh, correctly. So the, the CIGES falls under INA, um, if I recall correctly, is INA 101A27JI, I think. Don't call me a geek, but you know, <laughs> you have to know what you're working with. Um, so, so basically, CIGES uh, allows for certain children or minors to obtain a legal status in the United States. Okay. Now, the, the, the point I want to make before I go in detail regarding this, uh, this petition or this status is that minors, for the purposes of immigration or this particular visa, Minors or child. So, so the, the term child for the purpose of immigration mm. is defined as an unmarried person under the age of 21 years old. So uh, this is a little confusing mm. because we, uh, when we di I mean, different states define what minor is, but usually we think as minor as someone who is under the age of 18. Mm -hmm. But for the purposes of immigration, child is 
defined as unmarried person who is under the age of 21 mm-hmm. years old. Okay, so let me review. The CJS is an opportunity for undocumented children inside of the United States obtaining legal status when they cannot be reunified with one or both parents. Yes, I know. Um, yes, because you actually corrected the, you actually correctly stated the requirements, but there's more into it. So I'm going to go in detail and talking about the requirements set by USCIS. Okay. In order for the child or the youth to be eligible to apply for SIGES, uh, they must meet the followings. Number one, they must be under the age of 21 years old. Number two, they must be physically present in the U.S. CIGES is only applicable to individuals or minors that reside in the United States. You cannot be outside and apply for CIGES. You know, that's something that uh, must be taken into consideration. Number three, the youth must be unmarried. If at any point throughout the process before the child or the youth gets his green card, If he or she gets married, the petition or the visa is revoked. The fourth category is that the child or youth must have been declared dependent upon a juvenile court located in the United States or the court has legally placed the youth under the custody of an agency or department or an individual appointed by the state or juvenile call. It's so so mouthful and um, sounds very complicated. Basically, what we need to do at this stage is that the child needs to be placed under the custody of an individual or an entity. Let me, let me just rephrase that again. So it basically means, and most common petitions that we do, and when we specialize, is we, we have uh, the child being placed under the custody of an individual. And usually it's either one parent or a family member or a non-family member, okay? The fifth requirement is that reunification with one or both parents is not viable due to abuse, neglect, and or abandonment, okay? You need to. You don't need to have all these factors. You just need to have one, okay? Sixth requirement is that it is not in the youth's best interest to be returned to his or her home country of nationality or last habitual resident, okay? They, it sounds a little complicated, but I'm breaking down in details because uh, I'm going to go talk about each category and what is actually required. Okay, Kushab, before we're going to go there, would that be possible for you to just simplify the whole process and just let us have a clear and simple picture about all the stages that you mentioned? All right, so the way I would break it down to make this, to simplify this process for our listeners to understand, I usually, and I do the same at my consultations with my clients, I usually break it down to three steps. Step number one 
is the state court procedure, which we also refer to as the predicate order process. This is when we get the order from the state court judge. Second process is the filing of the I-360, the Special Immigrant Juvenile Status Visa with USCIS. And the third and the last step is the green card, also known as the adjustment of status or the I-45. But we usually call this as the adjustment of status stage or the green card stage. Okay? Okay. Okay. So what do you mean by saying in state court process? Good question. So this process, I would say, is the more complicated process because you're going from state court than to immigration. So there are, and, and, the, and this is the, the fourth requirement where I mentioned previously where the child have to be placed under the custody of an individual, okay? So there are different ways for a state court to declare a child a dependent or appoint an individual in the custody of the child. However, the most common procedure for this petition usually takes place in family law courts where one parent is usually the petitioner or a guardianship court, which is part of the probate court where one parent or a family member or a non-family member are usually the petitioner. Okay, I just want to point this out to our listeners. Okay, our specialty are for the petitioners that take place in the family law court and guardianship court within the state of California. Because we are located in California and our attorneys are licensed in California, we can only represent the children or the parent in the state of California. We can represent uh, uh, the minors or um, our clients for immigration purposes in all states because immigration is federal law. Okay, so let me review again. The CGIS is an opportunity for undocumented children inside of the United States to obtain legal status when they cannot be reunified with one or both parents, right? Yes, Amir, you're correct. So this still falls under the first stage. In order for the child to obtain a legal status, the state court or a juvenile court in the U.S., and in this case would be California for our cases, must appoint the child in the custody of an individual. The state court must also make the findings that reunification with one or both parents is not viable due to neglect, abuse, and or abandonment under state law. Remember, you don't need to have all these factors, which means you don't need to have neglect, abuse, and abandonment. You need to have at least one. So if the state court judge finds that the father has abandoned the minor, that's good enough, okay? And the state court must also make the findings that it is not in the best interest of the child to return to his or her country of national nationality or, or, or habitual residence. Basically, the court needs to make the findings that it is not in the child's best interest to return to his country. That's it. Okay, so 
The core idea is because of abuse, neglect, abandonment, uh, and it's not in the best interest of the child to return to his country. I mean, right? you're already becoming a pro at this. <laughs> yes, the, uh, uh, the, the, the predicate order or the state quarter, once uh, it appoints the individual, must make the findings that reunification is not viable based on abandonment, neglect, and or abuse. And it also must make the findings that it is not in the best interest of the child to return to his country. Now, the factors for abandonment, neglect, and abuse are defined under mm. state law along with the best interest factors. Mm. Interesting. I have a question for you. Who's responsible for that part? I mean, who oversees determining if a child is abused, neglected, or abandoned, and it is not in their best interest to return to their home country? You know what I mean? Yes, I mean, uh, you're actually asking the, 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 the correct question, and the process seems complicated because... Um, you know, we we are applying for immigration mm. status with, right. with with USCIS right. and immigration, and here I am talking about the state court. It's 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 mind boggling, and um, I tell you what, this this just came sometime in the 1990s, okay, and it became even more popular in the late 2000s, and when I still have some. Uh, Sigis petitions in the state courts that are outside the LA County, some judges are still struggling to understand why we are in the state court in the first place. But it is a uh, it, it it is mandatory by the state court judges to make these findings if the if the if the if the if the right factors are there. So 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 let me let me answer your question. Um, the question was who oversees and and or who determines if the child is abused, neglected, and abandonment, and who determines uh, why is not in the child's best interest to return to uh, his country. So it's very fact-driven, okay, based on the child's declaration and supporting documents. So California law governs the definition of abuse, neglect, and abandonment, and the best interest factor. But the underlying factor is that it is the judge or the magistrate that reviews and signs the predicate order. And it is that predicate order that is sent to USCIS with form I-360. And it is the predicate order that makes a determination. And USCIS reviews the predicate order and decides whether they should approve or deny the I-360 or hmm. the just hmm. visa. Perfect. Okay, Kusha, we reached to the end of this episode. Is there anything that you want to add uh, to our listeners about the sieges and everything that you talk about? Uh, yes. So, so Amir, I uh, pretty much in 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 big picture, I I talked about the overall process of sieges, and I kind of touched bases on the first uh, stage, also known as the state court process that is required for SIGIS, uh petition or visa. I also want to reiterate that um, SIGIS, uh is a very complicated process, okay? And is very time sensitive um, because once the child reaches the age of 21, it's done. Nothing can be done and USCIS will not accept any petition. So, because of the complexity of this process, I highly recommend 
our listeners or anyone who wishes to go through this process to hire an attorney who specializes in the field of immigration and our firm can provide the services for you guys. Perfect. Okay, Kusha, thanks for joining us and I want to say thank you to our listeners. I hope you enjoyed and learned from today's episode. Make sure to check out the show notes with the description for access to our website and also make sure to share this episode with your friends and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. We really appreciate hearing feedback from you. So please share a review for this episode or check out our website and ask your questions. We are located in 21031 Ventura Boulevard, suite number 760, Woodland Hills, California 91364. You can also call us at 213-204-6500. Until the next episode, take care and bye.